0: Hello, hello, hello guys. Welcome to this new edition of Mind Podcast. This is Adit Kapadia and together uh, with me, I have the two returning champions of our Mind Podcast, Host of their own podcast, India Rising, columnists uh, and uh, people who track national affairs, uh, politics, geopolitics very closely, our good friends, Kishore Narayan and Mohal Joshi. And if you guys have been under a rock, you probably don't know who they are. But if you are our loyal watchers, viewers, then you absolutely know who are. So welcome to my podcast, Kishore and Mohal. Thank you, Adit. Good to be
1: back. Yeah thanks Adit good to be back same here so this is
0: a very unique podcast that we are going to do it's going to be a end of the year podcast where there is not going to be just one topic but we're going to talk about as many issues as you can in the 45 minute to 1 hour period from you know politics to the economy to uh, geopolitical issues to sports and uh, you know try and mix as much as we, as we can basically this is going to be this big pav bhaji and we hope to end uh, with the recommendations, which I call it the butter on top. So uh, th- that's 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 what we hope to leave you with. Uh, please, you know, write to us, comment to us. How do you like how do you like this? What did you want to you know include when we're done with the episode? Because you know, obviously, we have our own list that we are going by, but it'd be interesting to see what our listeners and viewers think. Because you know, we want to make this uh, an exercise which we do maybe you know every six months or maybe every year or something. And uh, do like a wrap up um, of what is happening in the world. So um, with that, I first give the floor to uh, Kishore and then to Mohal. Kishore, uh, what is the one issue? So what what I'll start with, guys, is we'll start with asking Mohal and Kishore their one issue that they thought was critical. And then we'll end telling them that. In between, I'll bring the issues that I thought you know, were critical. So, uh, Kishore, what was this one issue that you think dominated the world? And you're not allowed to say COVID because we started with moving on from COVID, it seemed. And now we're back to having discussions on COVID because we're two I mean, just this year. Uh,
2: yeah. So just this year, I think uh, the Ukraine uh, uh, war and mm-hmm. what I'm more interested in is what, what started out to be apparently a three day operation, a special operation. Uh, is now more than 300 days long, and the ramifications, not only uh, within the Russo sphere, but also within the Western uh, uh, world as well, how Germany, France, US, of course, how they all struggled initially to rally around Ukraine, how they struggled to find a common ground, and also within the Russo sphere, where countries like, say, uh, Belarus, uh, Armenia, Kazakhstan—all of them again failed to uh, uh, rally around uh, Russia, and how uh, each each bloc seemed to be crumbling. Uh, but the Western world somehow they kind of have uh, picked up uh, in terms of uh, providing the required ammunition, required uh, financial help. But I think I think that was very fascinating for me to begin with, and the entire year was. Uh, nothing less than a charade, so to speak each country trying to uh, each country trying to uh, put up uh, their best show in terms of telling the world that hey uh, we we are here to uh, be at the right place at the right time Turkey for example they wanted to showcase uh, themselves as that kind of a uh, uh, that kind of a champion of the middle world but mm-hmm. yeah I think that was my uh, key takeaway trying to figure out how, uh, where every country is positioned.
0: Uh, what about what about you Mohal? What did, what did you think dominated the world issues? I mean,
1: I think Kishore pretty much covered the most important, like which was the Ukraine war. Mm. I think coming closer to home, the issue is like, uh, now we're starting to see these uh, standoffs with China on the border. Even in like a winter months, which is kind of surprising. I mean, and me and Kishore in our latest episode on India Rising podcast, we did cover it in detail, the standoff and the larger implications uh, for it. I mean, earlier we used to have the standoffs in the summer months, but now we are starting to have them in the winter months. So it is kind of concerning that China is, not, I mean, they are not going to. Like uh, they're not looking for a settlement in any way, shape or form. They just want to needle us at the border because they see India as a rising power and the the infrastructure asymmetry at the border, which has been gradually reducing. I mean, the the credit to the government that they have Mm. been in New Delhi, that they have been building up a lot of infrastructure to improve the last mile connectivity with especially like remote posts in like Arunachal and also in Ladakh. So this is kind of concerning, I mean, as we had said, like a few years ago, I mean, it's not few few, a couple of years ago, when the Galwan clash happened, that I think we are on an unavoidable military clash sometime in the future. It might not be like as full fledged as the 1962 war, but we are looking at at least a Nathula type of clash, maybe in <clears throat> the next few years, uh, which would be another, I mean, because like we are having more patrolling of the border. So there'll be more uh, friction points for now. People haven't used weapons like uh, like guns and stuff by using like, I mean, heavy clubs, which are also not desirable. But eventually, like, I think maybe it's not like China would precipitate a crisis, but like if some local c- commander, as I said before, would lose his now. And if there's firing, then there would be and with the nationalism fervor on both sides, it would be very hard to de-escalate from such a situation so, and we so- end up with a that's all clash
0: so what 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 to sum this up right we are still in the the post expansionist world order right where parts of the parts of the world are still talking about i'm not saying every part is doing it but especially we do see from you know russia china that they have not given up there now i'm not saying that what is legitimate what is illegitimate and things like that you you can have a separate debate on what concludes with taiwan because i would also add what happens in taiwan right like china was saying uh, you know all, all, all that kind of stuff um but then you have taiwan you have ukraine you have them doing what they are in arunachal thinking you know and and strangely enough when you look at these three kashmir has been relatively peaceful compared to these three Right. right. So, and Kash- of course, Kashmir is a different issue as well as these three. It's be- between India and Pakistan. It's not here. It's between Russia and the country. that de- This is almost like a Tibet with Ukraine um, or parts of Ukraine. Taiwan is almost like a quasi Tibet sort of situation. So how the world reacts, we'll have to see. But it's, it's interesting that, you know, the more the things change, the more they st- stay the same, right? You still see some countries still being very silent. There's still strategic silences. There's strategic neutrality. Um, so I, I, I don't know how, uh, it'll go, but in conclusion, like uh, before we move on to politics for the geopolitical world order, how would you say Kishore, uh, Kishore First, um, what is the way forward in 2023, and what do you expect to change?
2: Uh, okay, I'll I'll pull in a chess analogy right here. Uh, mm-hmm. We haven't even uh, we haven't even entered the mid game, so to speak, uh, and and I say that because post World War II. We have had an extremely peaceful period uh, in the world. I mean, much longer, much longer than any other duration in human history. And what, has, what, what that has done is not solving any issues. Rather, all the uh, open-ended issues had been brushed under the carpet. Uh, Kashmir, for example, Taiwan, Korea, uh, then, of course, Ukraine. So all these issues remain unsolved. And every country uh, like Russia or China, they are biding their time. They want to pick up all these uh, issues at the time and date of their chosen. So I think, I think what we are seeing now is every country trying to maximize their position, trying to be in, a, uh, in, an, ad, in an advantageous position so that when they feel that it is the right time to act on something that they really want, they would want to be uh, all powerful and uh, ready to pick up the cudgel.
0: Fascinating. What about you, uh, Mohal? Uh, What do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, let's see, we had the great power rivalry during the Cold War. I mean, Russia did make its moves. I mean, they crushed the Hungarian Revolution and there were like other also series of events where they did take action. But then post the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, We had a moment of unipolar uh, uh, power, like superpower. So like other nations didn't do anything much. But like once Russia regained her strength and as China was growing in her strength, they are making the moves in the spheres that they deem is like essential for their uh, great power status. And also coming to Kashmir, I mean, since you mentioned, I mean, since they think it just reflects more on the Pakistan economic situation that it's in dire straits right now. And uh, that's why they' are not, I mean they also learned the lesson from Bala Court and uh, the surgical I'm not saying that uh, Pakistan is not going to make any mischief at the LOC. They're definitely going to not like uh, stop terrorism, but it just shows us the relative power of Pakistan at the moment that they are unwilling to precipitate a crisis. I mean there are so many internal cases they don't know who's the next prime minister, when is the next election. I mean the new army chief just got sworn in so, and then, and then they had like the biblical floods just a few months ago. So, so like it's kind of a lot of flux in Pakistan right now.
0: Fascinating. I didn't know you. I was on mute. I was talking, and <laughs> I, I muted myself. Are you talking? Yes. And uh, Imran Khan is another issue altogether, right? <laughs> Imran Khan is is, <laughs> is, is 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 doing. So, a word about our uh, uh, ex-Pakistani captain, and his conspiracy theories. Whoever wants to go first from Kishore.
1: Uh, I, I, I let Kishore go first.
0: Yeah, I think uh,
2: uh, Imran is kind of binding binding himself in knots right now, uh, claiming too many things and not substantiating any of them. I mean, uh, even, even when he was shot uh, in the leg, he did not go to the nearby hospital, but rather traveled 200 kilometers to his own cancer hospital. Who who in his sane mind would do that when he is shot uh, in his leg, right? I and mean, that's the kind of uh, bizarre, bizarreness that you see from uh, Pakistan right now. And uh, the uh, the level of bizarreness only keeps going higher and higher.
1: The, the theory Adit alleged was that yeah, he was under the influence of narcotics, so he didn't want to submit a blood test in the nearest hospital.
2: I mean, was the even, most
0: insane thing ever
2: <laughs> even, okay even if he was under the influence of narcotics I mean being shot on uh, being shot is still okay I mean right you can still go to the hospital telling hey I was I was shot it's not like I was driving a car under the influence of something I banged into something and it's, it's not the same but okay it's, it's his choice. He is anyway a uh, politically uh, uh, vulnerable person out there. And yeah, uh, that only adds to the uh, mystery of uh, political uh, uh, situation right there in Pakistan now.
0: No, and it's, it's, it's eerie. It's eerie, totally eerie because um, right now Ramiz Raja has been changed. We'll talk about cricket. I I guarantee you (laughs) Ramiz Raja. This is the strangest thing where Pakistani uh, uh, PCB chairmen are appointed political appointees, but we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Before we talk about cricket, let's talk about politics. The second biggest uh, thing in India.
2: So yeah, just one one thing I want to add uh, uh, before before we switch topics, with respect to Pakistan, uh, you know that uh, uh, Imran Khan on one side and the ruling establishment under Shahbaz Sharif on the other side, they were kind of under the radar trying to uh, find some common ground as to when to go for elections and uh, under whose uh, government, so on so forth, right? Now, uh, imagine, uh, if you want to take a guess, who, who was the person who was uh, taking the message from one side to the other? Who was the messenger? Do you want to take a guess, hadith?
0: Oh, I, I, I'm scared to even hedge a guest here.
2: Um, okay, let me, let me spare you the, uh, the question. Okay, so it was actually the president of the P- Islamic Republic of Pakistan. It was uh, President Alvi who was actually doing this for the politician so you can imagine what kind of a what kind of a state Pakistan is in and mm-hmm. and alvi alvi was not directly meeting uh, Imran Khan he was actually meeting two messenger of Imran Khan so that's that's how Imran Khan thinks he is more powerful than anybody else in that in that nation right now I
1: mean wow. I- Imran Khan has the uh, like a Cold War with the establishment of the Deep State. I mean recently there was this sort of sex call tape like leaked of Imran Khan. I mean just Deep State is just getting back at him. I mean see I mean in 2018 because like they didn't like the Sharifs, they deposed Sharif like through the corruption charges and like the their favorite was Imran Khan of, of the Deep State. Now they got him through but now the Imran has since developed a cult-like status. I mean he hasn't done much for the economy as you can see from the economic figures and the woes I mean which have excavated post-covid but now they're Mm -hmm. stuck in a situation that they raise this monster. I mean what is with Pakistan with raising monsters like they can't control themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, like there is uh, Imran Khan profile so high and now he's got on a legend status. I don't know if uh, he will able to be win the next election because even with all the army backing he was not able to get a clear majority on its own. But uh, I mean the next elections are 8 months of Imran wants elections now versus later. But I think th- till the army chief settles in like for 6 months probably it might anyways be time for elections. But again like the army is kind of stuck because usually he used to depose somebody and put in their favorite. But now with the Sharifs and the Bhuttos being so out of favor with the common man Because they've been ruling Pakistan for so long and at least like the middle class is like enamored with Imran Khan. So they're kind of stuck. They're stuck with like a, what do you call, lack of good options. So... That's why they're taking this neutral stance for now. You know? Lack
0: of good options is a very generous way to put it, my friend. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's it's more than lack of good options. This It's abund- abundance of extremist options, right? And extremist, it's not just jihadi extremists. You have extremists when you have the military, you have the... It's a strange sort of situation that Pakistan is in.
1: But I mean, they have this pretty cold war going on, right? Like on one hand, like they leak this Imran tapes and then, then, then some close to Imran, they leak that. General Bajwa had like thousands of crores of assets, and his daughter in law had like overnight or in a few years gained a lot of assets. So It's like this cold war going where everybody's just trying to slander the other side with uh, leaks. Uh, but like, I don't know what's going to happen, it's going to be fascinating in the next eight months. I think uh, Kishore they have elections in August, right? Of next year, August. yeah,
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> the last time i remember when they had elections i think uh, everyone was congratulating for the first five-year term completed or something like that it was i remember it was rather strange right so anyways moving from pakistan to politics hardcore politics now uh, uh who mohal i'll go with you first since you've done this research on gujarat elections and written a fabulous piece why don't you start us off with that and then kishore you can talk about up so we'll go from what happened in december to february agar ascending me guy, descending me wapas aayenge.
1: Yeah, so I mean, this was like a mind-boggling election. If you think about all the numbers, I mean, everybody knew that um, that like BJP is going to win the 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 win that BJP like with winning one fifty six seats, be, beating Madhasi Solankir, I think not many had forecasted that that would be even possible. And uh, I mean, app as I had mentioned. Certainly,
0: this, I don't know any Gujarati. If they did it in a serious way, I mean, they may have jokingly said it, but yeah. no one said it seriously. Sorry, I didn't just want to add. No, no,
1: yeah, that's, I mean, I remember like we had this podcast last year, and like even maybe early this, and I did mention that I think app will gain ten percent of the vote. Share. I mean, a lot of people were like kind of uh, saying like, oh, they won't gain. I said no, no, no. I, I was pretty sure because the, 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 the. The Punjab election or the Punjab election? What were the elections last year? Sorry, I. I uh... Uh, the local body the city, the yeah. local
0: body. No, no, yeah, yeah. there were panchats, some Panchayats also, but you have the AMC, the Surat Municipal yeah. Corporation so, and all that.
1: Yeah, the local body elections. I mean, the AAP gained like almost like 10, 15, 20%. I think so that was a harbinger of times. Like, and I mean, I had like way disagreement disagreements with a couple of BJP supporters and I said, no, no, no. I mean, I was willing to bet like a, la- a friendly lunch and say that like, yeah, I mean, AAP will gain 10%, but they won't gain many seats as you saw in... And I think all the five seats that they won, the app I think they were all like uh, local strongmen and like already one of them is reported to have been like uh, defecting. I mean, Congress has been decimated. I mean, they had a bizarre campaign to say the least. I mean, look at it. Like, I mean, they didn't even provide enough money or assets to their candidates. I mean, I think... Uh, Jignesh Mewani was crowdsourcing his campaigns, which was like kind of crazy, right? I mean, when you have somebody yeah, yeah. crowdsourcing with, a campaign, With
0: stalwarts like Swarabhaskar campaigning and I don't know who for him.
1: <laughs> no, but I mean, the, so, I mean, the Congress, high. I mean, see last time, at least like Rahul Gandhi, like for all the criticism he gets of not being consistent, he did uh, come to Gujarat and campaign for a long time and it put BJP on its back foot for a, quite a bit. Um. Uh, but this time they were like largely absent around this uh, this Bharat Jodo Yatra, which not didn't even come to Gujarat, which makes no sense. I mean, even like the political commentators on TV after the election were saying that if you are not serious about uh, like, I mean, are you running an NGO or a political party? Because I mean, what's the point of a Bharat Jodo Yatra if it doesn't have political ramifications? I mean, and on the other side, you have this BJP in you know, a constant mode, whether it's the, the MCD elections in New Delhi or the... State elections in Gujarat, I mean, they are like pretty much uh, campaigning with full gusto. I mean, so like it was just like a bizarre campaign. I mean, they're just like self destructing. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, now that depends on how AAP does. I mean, can they in like uh, three, sorry, in five years, can they be the main opposition party, but they have to work hard to gain the trust of the Congress? I mean, uh, App can be a natural opposition in Gujarat long term, but I mean, only time will tell whether uh, they are able to sustain the momentum. I mean, I mean, look at like Congress was completely wiped out. Even the cities also, they used to get 15, 20%. I mean, imagine like in, I think 14, 15 seats, like they didn't, they, I mean, there was no second, all the second place or th- second to 10th place people like lost the deposits. I mean. Imagine like Ellis Bridge, the constituency, or Gartland, Yeah, like the BJP guy got 80% of the vote, which is like insane, right? I mean, if you think of it, like, I mean, and then there are like some constituencies with 70% winning margin. I mean, those are like, I mean, people don't even get 70%, let alone win by 70% margin. So there's like some really bizarre, like, uh, results where insane amount of vote share. I mean, mind you, the overall voting percentage did go down in, in the election, so that means that the BJP voter came out, but the opposition voter stayed home largely.
0: Well, there is another theory, also, Mohal, right? It's not just the BJP voter stayed out, right? <clears throat> there is another, uh, I'm sorry, opposition voter stayed out. BJP's vote share got, went from 49% to 52%, right? Or after, close to after, 52%. 20,
1: after 27 years of anti-incumbency.
0: Yeah. So my point is that there is a potential theory that some of the Congress vote went to BJP also. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Or, true, true. Or Congress vote stayed home in such big numbers that the natural addition, because your population to growing in 5 mein, that additional Zing that you get, the newer generation vote, that went to BJP. But the con- older Congress generation stayed home because they didn't want to seem to be voting for Hamidmi Party. See, I'll tell you, Gujarat is one of the few non-activist state of India, right? Where activists have historically not worked, right? Strangely, Maharashtra also is similar to that, jahan activist hai, but they have not worked politically, right? And, and, as a, as a and, and Rahul sense, Gandhi,
1: he did like couple of rallies, and he invited Medha Patkar in there, right?
0: Huh, I mean, wow, like that why? is like that is the worst I mean, possible.
1: That is the, if you are like Gujarat Congress chief, that's the one thing you do. You never associate yourself with Medha Patkar, even Congress leaders privately, like say that they want nothing to do with her. And like, if you are campaigning in the state, you come for one or two rallies and why do you be seen with her? That is like the worst thing you could possibly do and sabotage your campaign, you know?
0: Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, yeah absolutely. No, no. So what I was saying was that, that, that is Megha Patkar is as toxic as uh, for Gujaratis as you can imagine. Uh, and by the way, I'm going to ask Kishore also uh, I, I, our uh, interesting friend from Maharashtra Sanjay Raut has said something about like China came into India. We will come and take belgaum away or something like that. So I'm like, is bhai, China, hai, India, hai, Maharashtra, and Sanjay Raut hai? <laughs> is he a Chinese, He's a Chinese army? Chief, I, I don't understand, but we'll, we'll go, go to that later. Um, yeah, I think Gujarat elections has rewritten the rules of politics for a lot of people. Uh, for the simple matter, it seems like when there is no alternative, people prefer the tried and tested alternative rather than the new kid on the block. Um, and I think this was Congress's election to lose. If, if, if this was a, ba- and I don't mean that, uh, uh if the Congress and APS would share, would have added, you know, like Mohal has written. And we've all said uh, they would probably not cross 60 seats, right? Congress plus Samajwadi Party. 55. But the issue, 55, nah, but I'm, I'm just being generous here, like yeah, just yeah, being yeah, 60 yeah, seats, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, th- they would not cross it. But the question is, if the Congress had a legitimate face to fight the BJP in Gujarat, you don't know what effect that caught. So last time, Paresh Dhanani was given a free reign and he ensured that some, in Saurashtra, there were some strategic understandings that made, and that's why Congress did so well, right? But when you have a trifecta, it, it perception vote 5 to 10 percent is a perception vote in Indian elections that usually defines uh, defines the election, right? So that is that is that is one that is one part of it. So coming coming to coming to from there to what happened in, in that. So, the bi party I think the, the 13% vote share was the curiosity factor that people were actually voting, but the five people that won won because they were individual leaders in their own right. Right, so I so Kishore, I want to throw this to you because you are the one non-Gujarati on the panel. So I want to know, as someone who's not, we even if we even if we try to be non-partisan, we are emotionally invested because it's our state, right? It has a direct impact on what happens. Mohar and I land in Ahmedabad. The first thing whenever we go to India, right? We in fact this time we met in Ahmedabad also. Uh, last time we were there. Um, um, what do you? What do you? Uh, what is your take? as someone who is not emotionally involved, but is just looking at it from a strategic perspective. And what does it mean nationally? And then I would like from for you to go from there to UP and what does this mean? Uh,
2: yeah, I think it would be a brilliant uh, segue also. I think it was uh, a thumbs up for uh, pro-incumbency, especially uh, after having uh, ruled the state for more than 25, 27, I think is the uh, actual number of years. So I think that... Uh, that was a huge uh, thumbs up by the electorate for the ruling party. And uh, uh, the opposition's vote was what uh, was always under question. And uh, obviously, with Congress losing votes and uh, Amamadmi Party gaining a portion of it, uh, it was kind of well known that the margins of victory would would be much, much higher this time than any other time uh, earlier. So I think that was uh, that was kind of uh, understandable. Now, what was uh, what was more fascinating was the vote for pro-incumbency. And especially after all these years, uh, immediate par- parallels were drawn between uh, Gujarat now and West Bengal from 1977 onwards, all the way till early 2000s, when Budhadev Bhattacharya was the last uh, communist chief minister there. But then uh, every, everybody who wrote about it, everybody who pointed, uh, pointed out, uh, conceded that the left continued to win simply because of uh, uh, polling booth manipulation, voter manipulation uh, and uh, law and order uh, being under the state's uh, control completely. So I think everybody considered that this reign of BJP in Gujarat is far bigger than even uh, left's reign in West Bengal. That's point number one. Point number two is uh, even, even apparently neutral observers like Shekha Gupta himself ran a, a 30 minute uh, episode telling that Modi had actually changed the narrative to infrastructure building to uh, uh, rather than uh, giving out freebies. So I think the Ravdi culture, that term uh, became popular, uh, especially during the uh, run up to the Gujarat polls. So I think everybody kind of understood that simple freebies versus actually building up infrastructure or strengthening a state and uh, the population would obviously pick up the latter option.
0: No, And and one thing I'll tell you, Gujarat, there is one state where strong leaders do matter. Right, you cannot be saying that collective leadership may election jiting no. BJP navi haraha election. See it no. so the last time, okay. Let's let's look at the history of Gujarat, right? From the 1980s, you have Madhu Solanki, right? And then before Madhus Solanki, you had this strange um sort of musical chairs where you have Prabod Ravels of the world, Amarsi Chaudhary all these people from Congress, you know, jumping up and down, because what people don't understand is Gujaratis are not a monolith, right? The caste consciousness is there. It, it is it is maybe not you know it's not as dominantly discussed as it is for other states but it is and I mean we'll come to Karnataka you will also which is the same thing it is complicated state when it comes to caste And Gujarat and Karnataka are very easy to compare because they are relatively similar states in size like uh, 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 up and down like 26 Lok Sabha to 28 182 Vidhan Sabha to 200 so it's, it's very uh, uh, two, sorry not 200 228.
2: 224,
0: 224 yeah. I'm sorry 224 uh, and that that too, I think that 182 number should actually go up, but because based on the population, but you know, regardless of that, uh, so you had to have a balancing act done by the Congress. And then they started this whole ridiculous thing of Khaam, which is Kshatriya, Harijan, Adivasi, Muslim. And what a lot of people forget to mention is that there was a counter polarization. That is why the Patels permanently went towards the BJP and other castes. But this time, uh, BJP has actually broken that Kshatriya back of Congress. This time they have made uh, uh, forays into the Thakur vote. They've also got some vote in, you know, Saurashtra, you know, amongst the Jadejas. So. so, historically certain communities that have not voted for the BJP, they have. Now, why have they voted for the BJP? There are two things. They could be either worried that about a rising Amadmi party and they don't vote. Because uh, I, I, the more you talk to Gujarat, they're like, the, in Gujarati, they would say BJP and a Congress aapdi are there. are parties. Ahmadmi party is a Delhi implant, so we know. So, there is also that sub-regionalism at stake, you know that, that tomorrow, uh, and Kishore I would like to put this to you, right, there is a Karnataka election and suddenly Shiromani Mani Akali Dal comes and starts fighting a seat what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Even core BJP voter might actually vote for a JDS guy, saying that at least he, you know, he's he, he, oh, he, yes. because the whole thing is he reports to a party leader in Karnataka
2: Exactly, yeah, Yeah. you are our, right I would vote for yeah. you rather than somebody who is helicoptered uh, just
0: for yeah. the sake yeah. of yeah, the party did i understand they have re- re- leaders made from they did a rally with Harbhajan singh and bhagwant maan in surat i'm like yeah. <laughs> bhagwant maan singh rally hai,
1: that shows a lack of local leadership if they develop a local leader in the next 5 years they could do more uh, No, but that's just a the... the
0: problem na, they don't need to fight 182 seats for that they could have fought on 40 seats focused on those 40 seats, gotten 10-12 seats out of that and then gone for 182. this problem? Kya hai, this is the Twitter Twitter social media impact. Na, ki mere retweet, hai, main, that means 10,000 people will actually vote for me. But, Nobody, see, that doesn't mean that. But see, they
1: see the strategic opportunity because see, wherever the Congress leadership is weak, they're making mm-hmm. inroads. So see, you could have this dichotomy where in Gujarat they made, let's say, a foray. In Punjab mm-hmm. they made a foray. But in Like uh, Goa, maybe a very tiny one, but let's see in Uttarakhand and Himachal Pradesh, they abandoned the campaign and they didn't do anything. Right. So I think it's like wherever Congress local leadership is weak. They will make four. So they see an opportunity because they cannot just go to every state. Now, if let's say the Congress in Karnataka, for example, is strong, I would doubt that they would even gain like 5% of the vote in Karnataka. So wherever the Congress leadership, I think they are just trying to... See, as not that Kashi ka famous dialogue the first election. second... Uh, what was it? I, I forget the... Uh,
0: Election के लिए, के लिए? L- 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 so so uh, I'm so, not saying AP is going to be the in three
1: elections is going to win, but I think they are just trying to sense wherever Congress is weak to replace as <coughs> a primary opposition for the long term because someday in the future, BJP is going to come down, right? I mean, it doesn't mean that it's going to be there forever. So they are just trying to make yeah, inroad but, where congress is weak but where it's not they are not there they could be like zero friend, like in karnataka
0: I, I have i have said this from the rooftops now that arvind kejriwal is your city's urban slash upper caste mayawati right like what mayawati was to dalit votes that is the position arvind kejriwal wants for a section of the upper caste votes and a section of the urban votes that is why bjp got a little nervous because typically bjp usually gets about a very high chunk, especially in Gujarat. And quite frankly, this whole 150 plus uh, uh, results, if it's it only surprised one more entity more than the pollsters, that is the Gujarat unit of the BJP. Because even they didn't anticipate <laughs> this result. <laughs> <laughs> but <are> you talk <laughs> to them in private, they're like, ho come on, we didn't expect 150+. <laughs> plus. But, but see
1: That, that uh, classification or characterization, I would disagree with. Because I think like Kejriwal's vote bank is more with this revdi culture is more the lower classes. So it's more the uh, economic no, lower no, I'm strata. Not saying,
0: no, 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 no. But I'm not saying that is his vote bank. I was like, that is what he wants to be. I'm not saying that is what, who he gets his votes He What he's trying to is because who the economic lower strata is not looking at day-to-day news. Yes, you can, you can get to them on WhatsApp. You have them. But quite frankly, they don't have the time or resources to go and sit in eight to 10 debates. Right. And what Ahmadmi party is doing, you know, with is trying to change the narrative of those debates. Right. So I, I, I don't want to spend too much time just on Gujarat. We have to move to UP because we have to talk about how do you think Yogi Adityanath's uh, triumph is the second? I mean, Kishore Mohal, you both, whoever goes first, the other one go after, right after. So,
2: uh, okay. I'll go first. I think, yeah, I think uh, the context again is very important. Uh, 2017, uh, when uh, BJP one uh, handsome victory, it happened on the back of uh, absolute uh, uh, shambles of uh, law and order and uh, people were fed up of uh, the, uh, uh, the SP gunda culture and that was why they decided to vote for anybody other than Hamajwadi uh, uh, party and eventually BJP was the victor there. And uh, uh, surprise, surprise, BJP picked uh, Yogi Adityanath, he became the chief minister. And then we we all know what happened in uh, the five year term there. Uh, he tightened uh, law and order. He ensured that uh, the Gundas were behind bars. He gave a much needed impetus to infrastructure building <clears throat> and also ensured that a lot more investment comes to UP than ever before. So I think people remembered uh, the SP rule or the MIS rule that was still fresh in their minds. And also they saw a lot of promise in the way law and order was being tackled, a uh, lot of investments happening. So they thought that continuity will also uh, help for their state, especially in terms of Rosgar and other other uh, mundane issues. So I think that was uh, the context. But more importantly, uh, the actual question that was uh, on everybody's mind was, uh, did uh, did Yogi Adityanath do the right thing by being very tough on law and order? and people gave him a thumbs up, although the number of seats came down from 303 to say around 250, 255, but I think the uh, vote percentage went up marginally by around 39 point something to around 41, 42. Uh, and I think that was that was a vindication of uh, Yogi Adityanath as an administrator, one, also as somebody who could uh, tighten up law and order and keep uh, the gundas at bay, so I think that, that had a lot of impact, and that also ensured that uh, UP, uh, for its size and importance in uh, Indian politics, uh, happened to get some kind of a administrative continuity. So you now have one party ruling the state for 10 years, and hopefully it'll do wonders for their state.
0: But I'll tell you one thing. Here is why a complication about UP, right? Because unfortunately or fortunately, kya hota hai, ki no U.P. chief minister, especially if they're from a national party, is allowed to govern just that. There are already discussions happening that Yogi will uh, banana a and he is the face for after BJP. My question is, when Narendra Modi who became the Gujarat CM in 2001, you were not having these discussions in 2006. 2007 is when one 2007 be nahi 2009 is when mr I, now now i as a gujarati looking at it i was like he will go to the national politics there was no doubt about it the way the way because you know his thinking was his perspective was and stuff but that was a different issue right the people were not projecting him till 2009 my thing is yogi now has won one elections don't you think he has to win another election before oh, Before we even have that discussion, if he's going to replace someone as the prime minister or something, this is not to say, because, yes, UP is a big state. Yes, he can carry it. But I think there is still one more election to go before that happens.
2: And and that is why I only spoke about administrative continuity within Uttar Pradesh for 10 years. And I did not mention anything about. Him being catapulted to no
0: no Israeli. I know this this, this yeah. is the this is the this is the host in me now ji? <laughs> <laughs> type of thing. So. Right,
2: right. So absolutely. So Yogi will have to continue uh, proving his mettle uh, for yeah. a few more years. And uh, and I think I think even even uh, before anything of that nature happens, you will have some uh, some inner coterie of Delhi BJP leaders themselves who might actually want that uh, not to happen. So just like how uh, uh, Modi had to face all those hurdles in 2012, 2013, 2014, I think mm-hmm. I think Yogi Adityanath will also have to overcome all those obstacles. Good stuff.
0: Good stuff. Interesting. What do you think Mohal? Now you you haven't spoken on UP. What is your take? I think
1: like in UP, we have the sort of the West Bengal kind of situation when the ruling party goes over 40-45 unless everybody else is combined together to have a unified opposition, it's going to be very hard to defeat the BJP. So mm. to like what Echo Kishore said, I think the law and order has been, a, because they have been under terrible law and order situation for so many years that it, it's the, one of the main pole planks. I mean, but if more development investment, I think comes up and uh, like if, UP can come out from the bimaru status, and I think that will do wonders for the BJP and Yogi Adityanath going
2: forward.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: No. I mean, every every BJP uh, chief minister around the country is now mimicking uh, uh, Yogi Adityanath style of law and order. I mean, you mm. you now famous call... it. No, okay. N-
0: now now I have to ask that question: Is that for? Is that because there is a political impact on it, or is that because there is a social media impact and it gives you straight national prominence? because not unfortunately a, that, not only that is the time we are living in
2: <laughs> it also it also gives the electorate that instant gratification if you, mm. if you run a few bulldozers people mm. the, the electorate also give you that instant gratification so i think mm. i think that's what uh, the leaders are now looking at they're not looking at the long term ramification of that kind of instant instant justice delivery i think uh, obviously there are uh, uh, disadvantages to that but but uh, every BJP CM does not mind picking it up right now. Mm,
0: it's interesting. I interesting. mean, uh,
2: you have you have Shivraj uh, Shivraj Singh uh, uh, of, of uh, Madhya Pradesh who is now being called the bulldozer Baba, right? Madhya Pradesh goes to polls <laughs> uh, in uh, October, uh, September October. And uh, he is now being called uh, the Bulldozer
1: Baba. But see, all states don't have such a large law and order problem. So it will, it could, it will not going to give the political dividend everywhere. Like, yeah, if you have a very bad situation like UP, yeah. So it is kind of tricky. It might could even backfire in certain states because it depends on the, like the issue, whether it's a big issue in the state or not. I mean, in Gujarat, I don't think a bulldozer would give the same political div- dividend right so it varies from state to state I would say
0: no and, and, and in Gujarat the whole bulldozer thing was actually done way before this is where it started if you talk to I've talked to a lot of civic authorities you know who were in the AMC and what Mr. Modi did when he was the CM yeah, and yeah. a lot of encroachment was taken out but yeah. he didn't make a big deal out of it uh, yeah. as was I mean, made now
1: and then the thing was that it wasn't like just like people of one community or caste like who were targeted like every anybody and everybody but he was stuck. I think that uh, was the credit of Mr. Modi that he didn't like just target like one no, no, no,
0: no, 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 The left had made an issue about this at that too, right? But it also depends. See what I'm saying? There was no social media, right? That is the difference. Mm. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the left has made the similar issue. I clearly remember that, uh, uh, oh, this, there is this thing and that thing, and you know, there is this historical significance in that, and why are you broadening the streets? And you know, it kills the romanticization of the country. So, the, in <laughs> India, is the one place where all these people, leftist intellectuals who talk about human development. All the ghettos
1: are romanticized, right?
0: The ghettos are romanticized and they never do their events. I would like to see Arunthati Roy for once do her event in a ghetto and spend a week there and actually talk to the people rather than doing it in five-star hotels and then talking about the poor and the destitute of India (laughs) from the five-star hotels (laughs) where she does, you know, in a very soft baritone voice. So uh, because this this is what Miss, Miss Roy does. So anyways, um, um, moving on to the more serious issues of this world than Arundhati Roy, because she had a great year again, where she ranted more than she did last year. Like all, all, uh, I I love, I love being Arundhati Roy. You go to events where you're not challenged. You have absolutely uh, softball questions given by speakers. You make the most insane statements without any proof whatsoever. And then you say that I'm being targeted, or uh, that I'm people are uh, questioning me. So it's it's it's. I, mean, I, I think even Ram Guha is questioned more than Arundhati Roy. Like in debate, though I I I want to say Arundhati Roy come in one debate with anyone.
1: But, I think she she's like the Yogendra Yadav of uh, and. No, 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 no. Which you know, nobody challenges, you know. So.
0: No, no. But okay, Yogendra, I, I, I hate to be sounding, defending Yogendra Yadav. At least he comes himself on po- political debates or gets into one-on-one debates where he's called out. Arundhati doesn't even go into that. She believes that she, she's like Amartya Sen like uh, uh annual india trip pe karke chale jaate. but here you know that is what it is Um uh, moving to moving from there to and we'll talk we'll end wrap up with the karnataka discussion because it's for the future right so that will be in 2023 so moving <clears throat> from politics to sport what a fascinating year for sport and, right and
2: sorry to interrupt you again and we spoke about politics for all this while and we still did not talk about Bharat Jodo Yatra. So that kind, <laughs> that, that kind of underlies how
0: insignificant it was. Uh, uh, in that uh, essence, you know, Rahul Gandhi spent so much time in Karnataka hoping that he could credit himself for the Congress doing a little better next year as as, as a lot of pollsters are saying, right? Uh, in Bharat Jodo Yatra, but even people in Karnataka didn't care about him except for DK Shivkumar's
2: loyalists. Wrong timing. Yeah. I mean, uh, he spent more time in Kerala, in Karnatka, uh, and Karnataka uh, and all that when he was actually needed in other states. And where was he? Where was he trying to do Bharat Jodo in in states where he is already uh, relatively strong, rather than picking up uh, uh, the gauntlet in states like UP, MP, where where he, he is the challenger to BJP. So I think yeah, strategy wise he got it wrong. Timing wise he got he got it wrong by about 12-13 years. So I think <laughs> uh, he should have he should have done this Bharat. Jodo Yatra sometime in 2008-2009 for him to have been taken seriously, not in 2021-2020. No, no, oh, but Kishore, no, that... before before May 2014, Bharat was uh, unified.
1: Like now it has been broken post May 2014, right? So there's nothing to Jodo. No, no,
0: now the people of India are saying, Bhai, you Bharat your <laughs> Bharat, will, Bharat is very resilient. Aap mein jau, aapke annual trips karo. See, the problem with Rahul Gandhi is he's an Ashok Malik said this a very long time ago that the Congress party want Rahul to be Rajiv Gandhi, but he himself wants to be Arvind Kejivar or Justin Trudeau. Right? <laughs> and, and 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 going with that, I don't know what the hell is that honeybees on his uh, uh, face look that if he's like main, main, but look, I, I don't know what what does Unkempt beard tells you that I did Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand, right? And uh, I, I, having Jairam Ramesh and all that, like advising you, I, I don't even know what is their motive, motive in doing all this.
2: Yeah, they have messed up their strategy. They have messed up their tactic. Everything going downhill for their party you now, know.
0: And, and it is amazing to think that they started in summer or like monsoon or something. I, I don't know when they started in October. When did they start uh, the Yatra? I, I forget like 100 days, right? So they must have started yeah. in September, right? And typically people go from north to south because the weather goes from hospitable to, you know, pleasant. <laughs> there in the south. Now he's gone from hot weather to completely challenging weather in Kashmir. So, I mean, I good if he is going there but what is he going to do in Kashmir there are no elections to be here anyone who says that oh this is beyond elections is absolute saying nonsense Agar ye hai, Congress ka sim- symbol nikal do. you are a pres- representative of political party you are an elected member of parliament everything is political if you say that, oh, I don't, I want to make it above politics, then that's just ridiculous. Then don't fight elections, you know. I mean,
1: even TV anchors are saying that it, then you are an NGO. If you think that there is no political. No, no, and then Let's, it. let's
0: think about the stalwarts that walked with him. Medha Patkar, Amol Palekar, Kunal Kamra. You know, I mean, this is, this is the kind of things like not one serious, like, okay. Uh, so who is it that Sharad Pawar's daughter joined and this and that, right? My question had, uh, is mommy's appointee is joining the son's latest hobby? Hmm. Right. Mm. So you you have to say that um has before and after his appointment. So you know, So that is essentially what it is, right? And uh, he didn't go to Himachal where the elections were there, where the Congress won. Uh, Priyanka Gandhi was credited for doing five rallies there or something where mm. most Himachalis will tell you they won in spite of Priyanka Gandhi or Rahul Gandhi. In Gujarat, mein to Rahul Gandhi did one rally and to so it's it's just um I don't know what, what he wants or what is the situation of the Congress. But, you know, moving on from that to a more uh, interesting year for sports, you had uh, the India doing uh, uh, very well to a point in the World Cup and then getting knocked out in semifinals again in the T20 World Cup. You had uh, Argentina, Messi win a fabulous World Cup. I say Messi because uh, after they've lost to Saudi Arabia, it was almost a fairy tale run that he was playing like a man possessed. Ki ab, you know, it's just and then you had uh, England uh, going very great guns under Ben Stokes. Uh, they called it what is called baseball, playing very exciting yeah. cricket, more exciting yeah. cricket that I have ever seen England play. Or first England go to see When they are playing fast cricket, right? And then uh, in the IPL, Gujarat Titans winning more trophies than Royal Challenges Bangalore. How does that make you feel, Kishore? In in one year we have won more trophies than RCB has in the last 40. Now this
1: is Adit trolling. Uh, I think all the Karnataka fans are going to come after you, Adit.
0: that's okay. They know how much I love their state, but they also know that I I I, I have to have throw this one jibe in. I mean, uh,
2: we we generally troll Arsenal. We don't leave anything for <laughs> you people. I mean, every time we tell Ihala cup namde which means I am yes. the cup cupper. But then at the end of IPL, when we are eliminated, we always change it arshala to mundina halak cup name which means the next time next the time. cup will have So, so
0: Ajay, can, be, uh, before you say that uh, this year was a big year for Kannada cinema, also we'll end with that with the whole Kanthara uh, thing. But yeah, uh, uh, keep go uh, keep going. What what you were saying? Yeah,
2: yeah. So uh, that way, I think I think uh, the Royal Challengers Bangalore fan, the loyal base that they have. I think they have uh, kind of come to terms with uh, their team probably not winning the IPL, at least in the foreseeable future. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, having said that, uh, a fairy tale run for Gujarat Titans, Hardik Pandya especially uh, kind of ticking all the boxes, he emerged as... Mm-hmm. That uh, uh, great uh, No, he's author. that classic
0: example ki agar a bache, a ko monitor bana to, to mm. a responsible. Ho jata hai. I mean he's not saying he was shaitan, but he is you know he's is happy go lucky, but he was brilliant as a captain. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh,
2: coupled with Tashish Nehra with a pen and paper. Sir, sir, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and and G- Gaurav Kapoor said, paper khali hoga. Uspe kuch likha hoga. And He probably just holds it like this. But that's the thing, right? Ki aap, all the good coaches, like when have you seen football coaches in the biggest coaches sit with uh, someone on a laptop and something. They are yelling in the game up and down. They are doing that because most coaches have everything that they want in their head. And they want to, you know, apply that strategy.
2: Yeah, I think all decisions should be made even before they get onto the pitch. And once they get there, it's all about uh, implementing their plans. How many other plans they have, plan A, plan B, plan C. But I think, yeah, Nehra and... uh, uh, and I'm going to say a very
0: controversial thing here, Kishore. You know, last time I think Harsha Bogle uh, was saying or someone, I forget maybe not Harsha, someone else was like oh, both Mumbai and Chennai are doing good bad. Uh, this is, you know, I feel bad for the fans and it's like, no this is, that means the IPL is healthy if the Absolutely, two most yeah. successful franchises are doing bad that's a good thing. And I um, I used to be a big Mumbai Indian supporter before, you know, Gujarat came. Uh, I like Mumbai and Rajasthan. But I hope that Mumbai and Chennai don't win the IPL for another three or four years. Not for anything else because there has to be newer winners. If you just have one, if you just have what Mumbai did with the Ranji Trophy, people will stop watching Mm. the Ranji Trophy. Absolutely. And... And that's why all these people whining that oh, 10 10 teams, hai, players will get uh, uh, divided. No, you were whining because now the odds of one team winning the IPL are less. So Mumbai and Chennai cannot sit on like these brilliant uh, uh, players as their backups or something like that. They'll have to spend... So they have to have a solid 11 and 4 good backups, not 11 good backups. So that is what was happening, right? With Mumbai and Chennai. They had a brilliant uh, 4, 10 to 11. Now these other teams are like, why would we sit in Mumbai and Chennai backups? When we get to actually, we have two extra teams. Where That's why you had someone like Josh Little from Ireland today. Right now, as we were recording, there is an IPL auction going on. Josh Little was picked up by Gujarat Titans for 50 legs. I guarantee you in an eight-team eight IPL, no Ireland player would have been picked up. Except maybe Kevin O'Brien. So, and, and I personally think IPL should be expanded to like 30 teams or 32 teams like like how the big leagues in the world are like NFL and stuff like that and you should you should have it like that uh, but you should like I've said this on my friend Kushal mehra's podcast and stuff that ultimately cricket is going to a point where there is there will be a window for test cricket a window for ODI cricket and T20 cricket is going to be played th- throughout the year. And that is what ICC should do to preserve the sanctity of the game. You, there, is, there should be a six-month window for test screen. Maybe you do it from November to February and June to August or july to september because in in england and australia are two of the places where test cricket is watched the most so they have to get the preference over uh uh, india sadly india is unable to put pull crowds in i'm 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 hoping to see change see that to change against australia but if you still have five thousand people in the stadium that's a bit of a shame for test cricket so so that is uh, except for a few cities say you know bombay bangalore chennai andabad there are a few cities where where peak crowds do come in to watch the test match cricket but that's me Mohal, what do you think for the sport anything about the football world cup um cricket and then you know we'll wrap up after that
1: yeah, i think in the ipl i mean the i mean you mentioned the expansion of ipl which looks good on paper but the thing is like all these indian players keep breaking down so there has to be like a Rotation or also like separate teams for the formats. I mean, if players keep playing all the three formats, in like fifteen years ago when we had no IPL, players used to rest for a couple of months in the summer, and we didn't have this rash of injuries. Now, like we have practically like four or five top players. No, to I play I, I, know. I don't buy that.
0: Boss Pat Cummins plays the entire IPL? Ben Stokes used to play the entire IPL. Why do only Indian players get injured? There are people, there are international players who played the entire IPL and don't get injured.
1: But I don't know, then something has, I think it still has to do with like, I think playing three formats. I mean, but Cummins sometimes, he doesn't play 2020s all the time, right? Does he play like every single match? Like the Indian Not every played?
0: single, but neither do the Indian players. I'm saying breaking down is total, but Cummins plays every single test match. The problem with Bumrah is Bumrah doesn't play every single test match. He plays the IPL, he plays some one day and Cummins has never missed a World Cup.
1: I mean, the, the thing with Boomba is with two stress factors. I think you have to retire him from one of the three formats. I mean, you have to pick and choose like which format. Like
0: No, I, I have told this. BCC has enough money to pay the money he gets from the IPL yeah. to just sit home. Yeah pay him pay <laughs> him 17 crores to sit home for those two months in the IPL or yeah. fir usko, usko international me karo. if the whole mo, 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 motive is economics why pay him like pay pay uh, b- the, the only problem is the one man who owns the key to that he is probably richer than BCCI he can pay BCCI three times the amount to to keep away from Umrah to make sure that yeah, i mean Indian the sponsors wins. won't
1: be happy that if all the marquee players I are know, sitting out
0: what is the point of being the richest board in the world if you, if you cannot ensure a World Cup for your team in in regular yeah, time, you just right? care
1: about gaining more money. I mean, and
0: I, I guarantee that. you, even though the next World Cup is in India, we are not favorites to win it, right? England, yeah. and I want to come to the T20 World Cup now. What a team England is, man. What a team.
1: They have they wide, mastered the white ball format, basically. George's
0: white ball was, in my opinion, they're the best team in the world right now across all formats. Yeah, I
1: mean, Let's see how they do in spinning t- tracks in India. But yeah, but yeah, they are num they are the best team.
0: No, I'm telling you right now because the reason I'm saying that they are right now in Pakistan it was spinning and they did very well in Pakistan, right? And India, quite frankly, does not play spin very well. The reason why England lost the way they did in India uh, four years or two years ago or last year I forget when it was last year maybe was because Joe Root was a bad captain, sadly. Like he, he Ben Stokes has that courage to go with two spinners, you know, even on a, even which, including Rehan Ahmed, who was playing his first test match. I guarantee you on that Ahmedabad wicket, if England had two spinners and not four fast bowlers, India would have been in a bit of trouble.
1: No, but see, the thing is also the quality of spin bowling they are facing is also not that, I mean, they are like, they are two debutants basically in Pakistan, so...
0: (laughs) So, but well, India also has great quality of spin bowling, we have Ashwin and then we have Jaydev Unadkat in this test match because we also seem to be dropping our good spinners. Kuldeep Yadav has been dropped for Jaydev. I mean, I want to,
1: I mean, England will score a lot of runs, but like, uh, I guess Ashwin, Jadeja, and uh, uh, Kuldeep, it will be interesting to see how they do. I think they don't tour till for two, three or more years, so let's
2: see if baseball continues for two, three more years, you know.
0: Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, uh... I think I think
2: man to man, man to man. I think India India might still be a more uh, powerful team, but I think I I I honestly like the way England carries their confidence yeah. around the world. Yeah, uh, especially how uh, they don't mind touring the subcontinent. Uh, if they if they go to Australia now, I would I would love to man, get yeah, a one ashes. One can, and watch f- there. Uh...
0: Oh no! Next year's Ashes is going to be amazing. 2023 uh, Ashes in England with J- And I don't even know, man. James Anderson could still be playing at 41. That man 41. is so fit.
1: Yeah, <laughs> seven hundred wickets, right? He could. He's reach a the... medical
0: marvel. Like, did you see that ball that he bowled to Mohammed um, Rizwan in Pakistan? Like, there was a ball that reverse swung and he just he cleaned the top of op stump and it, it was but, as good as that ball to Rahane in India.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, exactly. Like, that one test match that we lost against England, it was all James Anderson. I mean, so coming back to James Anderson, like, I think in 2012, when they asked Dhoni, like, what was the difference in, in the seat? I mean, there was Kevin Peterson's batting and Monty Panesar and Graham Swan's bowling. But I think the, what Dhoni said, like, the difference was James Anderson between the two teams. The reverse one he got and he got out the Indian batsman in 2012. That's the one series we lost in like the last 22 years, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, 20, sorry, not
1: 2004, so 18 years, sorry.
0: Yeah, 18 years. No, absolutely. Um, so, so it's a fascinating time. But moving to the last part of our discussion, which is uh, uh, entertainment, entertainment. Uh, um, a, and we'll end end the discussion with karnataka 2023 that will be the last thing uh, big year for indian cinema also regional cinema you know kgf and all they're doing good rrr is doing well uh, some Gujarati and rrr has an oscar nomination how to i don't know yaar, That the it's going to win it's not a nomination it's a shortlist no. right now
1: yeah it's a shortlist sorry but I will say if it wins a nomination then they have to perform the song on stage right ha, but
0: boss so is chhello show that is also nominated and that is why all yeah. the discussion has disappeared because they. I, I, I personally enjoyed watching RRR, but just because Netflix is promoting, I don't think it was a legitimate reason to send India as India's official entry to the Oscars. So. All the whole thing that, oh, uh, it's not going to be nominated. They nominated the one Indian film, the other Indian film that was sent. So I I don't know, right? Uh, uh, But we'll see. If Pan Nalin actually gets shortlisted in the first five films, then it would be huge for Gujarati cinema. That that not a, you know, regional cinema gets there but I want you to you know the impact that movie like Kantara had like I'll tell I'll tell you uh Kishore right I myself after watching that I searched the Devakola on YouTube and stuff and there are videos from seven eight years ago two years ago three years ago that have millions of views because people have watched it after they watched the film right so how much are in rediscovering regional cinema are we so I didn't know its existence till I watched the movie. I'm, I'm, you know, because no, no one told me. I, you are my guide into Karnataka, so I'm going to blame you, Kishore, on this. <laughs> but you know, that's what I'm saying, right? So, how important is regional cinema?
2: Oh, totally. I mean, uh, for every uh, for every Indian who lives outside India, you are bombarded with uh, questions like, "Hey, I love Indian cuisine. I love Indian food." And if you ask them what did you eat, they would they would uh, obviously say naan and uh, uh, and uh, butter chicken. Right, so that was that was their understanding of Indian cuisine, and it's only now that people around the world are realizing, discovering that there are far more than simple Punjabi cuisine, and there are far more flavors, far more cuisine, and uh, which comprises the entire Indian uh, Indian cuisine. Similarly, very similarly, earlier it was all Bollywood and nothing more. Now it's it's the other uh, regional uh, industries which are actually kind of doing much better than Bollywood. And while do I, while they are doing that, even the top stars in every, uh, in every industry, they are letting the script, letting the story take the limelight rather than have the uh, focus light on themselves. So I think mm-hmm. it's what we see right now is that kind of a situation where more focus is on screenplay, more focus is on story. And that is where regional cinema is pouring big.
0: Correct, correct. So, but let me ask you this, uh, I let me ask you this, Mohal, what do you think? What does this word for other uh, Indian regional cinemas?
1: I think it's good. I mean, even if you think about Gujarati cinema, we didn't have a lot coming before the like a 10, 50, 15 years ago. So it's a good like that we have moved past from just the Bollywood centric, centricism if like uh, cinema in India Uh, I mean, and also like, as you see, like RRR or KGF and uh, we had Bahubali earlier. So a lot of the uh, cinema, I mean, like, I I mean, there's a lot of this. I know this boycott thing is like very popular in like social media circles, but I think it just shows the content of the cinema more than the boycott. I think boycotts do affect to a certain extent, but what, how a movie does doesn't depend on whether the the movie director or the actor's political ideology it has to more do with the script i mean if you made bad script you're going the b- movie is going to bomb and i think the s- the southern cinema and the regional cinema has captured like what the people want nowadays versus, no but I'll, I'll
0: tell you i'll tell you Mamuhal, and i'm not per- pointing particular i don't think a bad script necessarily ensures it fails i've seen a lot of bad sc- scripts also succeeding
2: Yeah, a lot I of mean, good scripts
0: w- working but i think the issue is like uh, the Indian, the Hindi commercial cinema also refuses to go beyond uh, uh, beyond what is uh (laughs) what is formulaic for them? So Rohit Chetty has come out with this movie today, which they, they, people are calling his worst film and Ranveer Singh's worst performance, right? Because they're saying yeah, same yeah. thing that he still has four actors doing this Golmaal, Golmaal in every movie. And I'm like, what is this? <laughs> right? Like, go, go beyond that, man. And uh, and that's the unfortunate. And, and people on these music talent shows talk about these films like as if like they are some work of art. Like I'm like, Mm. for God's sake, don't forget uh, you know, half the people don't know Golmal, the original one, 2007 not the 1979, which was a superior movie, the 2007 one was actually based on a Gujarati drama called Aflatun so uh, it was not even like Roy sat and wrote that script originally, it was a Gujarati drama that was written, so even that my point is, was inspired by a regional drama, by a regional play, so regional cinema already had the Talent, but I think uh, uh, a lot of people were not even talking about it uh, openly. Like, very few people, like someone like a Yash Chopra, who says that his the, his legendary movie, Ittafak that he made, was actually because he saw Pravin Joshi's Gujarati play Dumas and he got so inspired, he went, talked to him after the stage, and made this movie. So, there are some. So, I think the older directors, the reason why they worked is they acknowledged the the part that indian culture played in this um, in this uh, in this and incorporated within then you had the post 2007 8 where we were trying to incorporate west so you have vishal and shekhar starting in randomly in some hindi songs they will start singing english songs like there are some rock stars in based in america right because they're trying to emulate that whole pit i don't blame them th- those things and a lot of indians don't connect with that I mean like, Angrazi music will watch English music we'll listen to English music why are you trying to pander right so then comes this whole new phase of regional cinema which actually takes you back to your roots take you back takes you back to your culture and I think that's what um hit the people that, that is my take understanding it and, was, is what, and
2: OTt and OTt has a has a great uh, massive
0: uh, massive role
2: a role in that and and even even for a movie like uh, Drushyam, right? the Malayalam oh, uh, movie, yeah. uh, some one and two, people had already seen, uh, people from all over the country, they had already mm-hmm. seen both the parts in yeah. Malayalam, in, or- in the original language. And by the time uh, the Hindi remake was uh, was uh, out in the theaters, there was an obvious uh, uh, comparison being done. I mean, no, no, and it
0: doesn't, ago...
2: and in some, oh, sorry, sorry,
0: you, you finish your point, yeah, what you were saying.
2: Sorry, yeah. yeah. So 10 years ago, uh, people obviously wouldn't even know that Drishyam was a remake. I mean, how many people know that Terenam was actually a remake, right? Pe- people yeah. hardly know that, that it was a remake. Yeah. So A, you wouldn't even know that it was a remake. B, even if it was a remake, people wouldn't have watched the original. So yeah. there is no way that you would compare it with the original. So now with the advent of OTT, I think uh, Bollywood has a far more uh, bigger challenge than uh, what they acknowledge. Correct.
0: Absolutely. No, no. And I'll tell you, I watched four films on OTT, uh, Hindi films on OTT in the last four weeks. I enjoyed all of them. They were brilliant. Okay. I saw this movie with Kumud Mishra called Nazarandaz, which is such a beautiful movie where he plays a blind man and they go to Kutch and he where he meets his ex lover and they have, she spoke, she's, they've written her dialogues in Kachi in, Mandu, in Gujarat, right? In Northern Gujarati, in Kachi. It's such a beautiful touch. It's, it's, it's so well written. I talked to my Kachi friend and she's like, yes, I found one small flaw here and there. But my point is 10 years ago, if this was made, they would be speaking in Hindi accented Gujarati. Hey, bhai, aap ghar mein kya hai? You know, like that, which no one, no one actually talks like this. In there right but no they, they, they so so that evolution has happened right so so that uh, uh, uh and and I still um, I, I I always joke with my uh, uh Punjabi friends that now Punjabi screenwriters are going to Gujarat and writing about characters in Gujarat not just sitting in Delhi and saying holka or holka both so thats <laughs> that is,
2: that typecasting and stereotyping was there uh in yeah. India. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, how how many how many Bollywood movies have you seen where the story moves to the south, and mm-hmm. uh, the only thing that they do is year or Aya Yo, and that's that's South India for them, right? So exactly. That, exactly. That was that was an absolute shallow way of uh, portraying uh, South India or whatever story they wanted to. I think uh, from there uh, to what we see right now, I think. Bollywood has already made those two, three steps. They've come forward, but a lot more needs to be done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mohal, your uh, closing thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think um, I think as I said, like ott has made a huge difference. I think the the script writers need to just move on to like topics which catch the viewers' imagination and they can't just keep blaming that oh boycott karde Like it just they just need to evolve with the times and keep up, you know.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, uh, I think um, that that pretty much wraps up uh, this part of the discussion. Before we finish, uh, Kishore, a view on Karnataka 2023 and we'll wrap up with your recommendation.
2: Again, chess analogy, uh, again, all uh, all three parties are still uh, making their uh, initial moves. Too early right now, but if elections are held today, it will still mm-hmm. be a hunk assembly, possibly a repeat of Uh, 2018. Uh, No BSY that might hurt uh, BJP. Uh, Infighting within Congress, D.K. shokumar badly, badly wants to become the Chief Minister. maya badly, badly wants to become the Chief Minister just once more. And uh, the cat in the bag, uh, uh, H.T. Kumaraswamy always wants to be the Chief Minister. So, uh, So who, who
1: doesn't want to be the Chief Minister then? I mean, you have so many claimants to the post.
2: And uh, we have only
0: one uh, person, yeah. Uh, maybe 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 doesn't want to be the CM. She is happy being an MP. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. There are there are many people like her, but oh. uh yeah, shobha Shobas uh, limelight of, uh, well in the past, not well a force to reckon, not a force to reckon yeah. with.
0: Uh, no, because earlier she was being talked about as a compromise candidate, right? But uh, 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 but I think with Bombay uh, coming, uh, but I, I, I highly doubt if Basavaraj Bombay is going to uh, be retained as the CM if BJP wins the election. That is my perspective at least.
2: Yeah, it all depends on how the Lingayats vote. If the Lingayats vote overwhelmingly for BJP and BJP comes to power, then possibly keep Basavaraj Bombay for a year or so. Or maybe replace him with another Lingayat Chief Minister, Masavraj Bombay himself being a Lingayat. So mm-hmm. that might be the compromise. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, not not everybody speaks highly of uh, Bombay right now.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So um, yeah, no, I think uh, that pretty much wraps up. Mohal, any closing thoughts before we wrap up?
1: I think like Karnataka, if you speak to Everybody like everybody thinks a hung assembly, and I think the JDS, unless it completely collapses, I think we are stuck with a hung assembly again, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that's sadly uh, the situation, but whatever it may be, we'll be on winemakers ready to talk about this i really appreciate kishore and mohal both joining me on this podcast uh, it's been a mammoth long podcast but we probably didn't even cover half of what we thought we would cover but you know the year-end podcasts are like that uh, maybe we'll have another one very soon uh, till then uh thank you guys please like share subscribe follow them follow their channel um india rising follow them on twitter like share like share this on facebook and uh twitter and you know youtube as well and please send us your feedback till then it's goodbye and we'll see you next year in a week from now okay. till then it's good night goodbye